Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Thank you because you are here. Thank you because you are complimenting everything. And it is through you alone. Be all glory, be all adoration. Thank you for being a faithful God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So just before we go, we just want to try to um, give more, you know, just um, remind us and try to make, you know, the essence of the the membership classes. The membership classes, please do join. You will get to know a lot about the church. You get to know about the CLS fold, you will get to know about why we do the things we do it. Um, it is important, um, and again, if you're going to later on join units, it's important that you go through the membership classes. Um, God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. One of the things that people may not quickly identify is that this church is a branch among 26 other branches. So, you know, it's an established church. You might not see that way, but, you know, it is. And there are certain things where, you know, I was talking to someone yesterday also around when it comes to um, coming into positions and things like that, you know. Um, blessing has, like I said, 26 branches, two in America, one in South Africa, and things like that. There was one that was recently opened in Syria alone, and things like that. So, you know, and I was saying to somebody, we have 26 branches, the church is 25 years old. And at the moment, across all churches, we have, across all churches, we have, um, we have 15 apostles. You might wonder why is it that you have enough apostles. Across all 26 branches, we have 15 apostles. And that means that there is a process in place which may not be clear to people, but it's just important that you just know. I know how these things work. Um, you know, if you have questions, you can ask and things like that. But it's important because I know some people have questions about the CRS rules and people don't, you know, and things like that. I just learn You know, you know, there are, there are things where somebody asks me, or somebody may point it out to me and I say, oh, you know, I was talking to someone recently and they point out, Pastor, why is this thing this way? And things like that. I thought, oh, okay, you know, then, you know, you learn. And I went to my reflected on it. And, you know, you learn and things like that. So God help us in Jesus' name. Um, so as we go into, it was quite interesting and quite, you know, and this is what I, I was praying when I said that God is the one coordinating everything. You know, the last song that was sung is, that is Jesus is, is king, the king of salvation. See, I was... I was I was going to I was going to I, I was at Leicester Leicester Square by God's grace on Thursday evening, and I and a couple of people were doing evangelism. So as I was doing evangelism and things like that, you know, he was speaking to people about Christ and things like that. And um, a man walked past, and I tried to give him, and because um, uh, he was walking quickly, so I tried to say, you know, he's going to share about Jesus with me. So he said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, and he walked away. Then he came back, and he said, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. I said, oh, yeah, I said, I said, really, I said, 
Why is that? He said, you are a black man and you are carrying this thing. Do you know what damage this thing has done to our, to our, to, to our, to our identity? And things and things like that. I said, that, that's interesting. So we now began to have a conversation. You know, I said, I said to him, I said, I said you know, I was not sworn. He said, he said, you know, the one that did not give us identity, witchcraft, what have you done? This, you destroyed your life, mother. Mother, what's that man come and do? The witchcraft that is our own, or that we say is our own identity, what have you done with it? But that's just by the side. But, you know, I was just, you know, we're having this conversation, and I said to, I said to him, I said, see, you can have, he was talking about the, the Catholic Church and things like that, the people who have, who have, I said, one of the things you need to understand is this. Like in a legal system, a law, a law for, so in a legal system, you have judges. You can have a corrupt judge. But that does not make the system wrong. So I said that judge will be brought over to the same system to account for their own sins. So you cannot, because of an experience with the judge, say that legal system is not. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, you know, as we, so we were talking to me about, you know, and we had a very kind of, he said, he said, said, King James, the Bible that you are reading came from King James. King James is the one reading the, writing the Bible. And then, and then, things like, I said, I said, ah, really interesting. I said, I said, um, I said, do you know that there are, there are different manuscripts of the scriptures? The same manuscript, but there are earlier manuscripts that was found. The earlier than King James, that's why you have the NIV, NLT, and things like that. Then he started looking at me and said, see, this is the challenge I have with people. You know, I'm, I'm happy if people have questions about the faith. But it's important that you know what you have questions about. It's not just something that you read on Twitter or something that you know and you say, ah, this thing, this thing, and things like that. So when he was going, and I gave him um, evidence of the Bible, I said, he said, I'm going to read. I said, please do. You know, don't just come to a conclusion because of, you know, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and we, would, we, would, we, would, we would go through the scriptures together as we try to, to look at these things for us to come to the place of prayer. You know, the question is, the question is, who, sorry, can I go to, who is Jesus to you? That is the topic, please. Who is, it, who, who is, who, who um, oh, sorry, they did, sorry, okay, amen. Hallelujah, yeah, so we see that topic from last week, don't worry. Now, you may be offended at this. There's a man called C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, of, of course, died in the 1960s. But C.S. Lewis was an atheist. He did not believe in God until he eventually came to Christianity. And please know that when you're talking about 1950s, 19, 1930s, these are the times when, when inverted common Christianity was still the main thing in England. Now, for this person now to now come to a point where he doesn't believe in Christ, then later on, he, he came to a point and he began to, let's go to one of his quotes. There's, this book he wrote in 1959, is it 52, sorry. It's, 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 it's a lovely book to read, Mere Christianity. And I think there are some versions of it that are, that are uh, dissected for kids and things like that. And he said something. He said, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Because, and... If you are offended by that statement, then probably you have not you have not properly examined what Jesus was talking about. I understand why you could be offended about that statement. But he gave what he's saying, and when you read the context of what he said, he said, see, you cannot, you you either fall in this tree. Because when people say that what Jesus did determines history, 
when you begin to examine what he said, you, you have to take a position. There cannot be a position of, I don't care, it doesn't bother me. No, because what he says, either, is it that you say he's a liar? That's an opinion. Is it that you say he's a lunatic, one crazy man that was walking on the streets of Jerusalem? Or you say he's Lord? Now, the question is that if you say he's Lord, why? See, it was not, it was not, actually this statement was like a summary from what a man called Duncan wrote in the, in the 18th, in 18th, 18th century, in one of his papers that he wrote in 1859, sorry, there's so many things that you, you just, he was saying, so he said, Christ either deceived mankind by, con by, by, um, by conscious fraud, or he himself was deluded and self-deceiving, or he was divine. There is no getting out of this trilemma. That is, there is no way for you to get out of this. You cannot, you, you see, there is nothing that I don't have an opinion. There is nothing that I don't have an opinion. And the and this is what and you will begin and these are scholars. These this are, this are not just people who just like I said. That's why I side up with C.S. Lewis. It's not somebody that. But when they began to read about Christ, they see you have to have an opinion about what he said. You have to have an opinion about what he said. Amen. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. No, so, can someone just help me with a slide, please? If, if, I think they're trying to get something for the kids. Thank you, sir. Yeah, see, no, just, just leave it at that A and E. Thank you, sir. When you see this sign on the road, what does it tell you? An A and E is around the corner. You don't park there and say, I want treatment by the sign. That sign is pointing at something. So when Jesus was saying, this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will cast out demons. They will do this. When a demon is cast out, when people are healed, when things are happening, it is a sign. Question is a sign of what? So when he said to you, this shall be, when you see this thing, it is a sign. At times we are so excited at the sign, we don't ask, what does this sign mean? It's as if somebody that has gone on the motorway and seen and he who is sick, and just put his bed and lie down and say, I am at there, I am there. But that is the reality at times of what we are talking about. You know, when you read even more, at a, let's do the next slide, when you give even more in a part of C.S. Lewis' book, that's mere Christianity, he said, you must make a choice. Either this man, either, either this man was and is the son of God or, is, or else a madman or something worse than that. 
And you will begin, as we begin to lose, look closer at this statement. See, I am not talking about defend, defend, um, the defense of scripture because there are, there are a lot of defense on scripture, but at least every 90% of the, now there's this guy that wrote this book. He has, he spoke about 20, it is about 2,000 different scholars. Now, the, at least people believe there was a man that came to this world that was called Jesus. And those who agree with it are not only Christians. There is a man, Geophilus, uh, uh, he was like a writer in the days of Jesus. He was not a Christian, he was a Roman. And he documented it to say, there was a man that walked around who, he said his name is Jesus. He did not see him resurrect, but he said, he saw his disciples were saying this man resurrected and they were willing to die. He said that cannot be something they must have seen and identified something. There are people who can't. That is why when you read the Bible, the Bible will say that Jesus was buried in the tomb of, um, of um, Simon. And, uh, Joseph, Joseph or Simon. Yeah, Joseph the Arithmetic. Why would the Bible put that? Because in those days, you know, even in our, if you go to the cemetery now, you will see grave sites. You will see that this place, somebody died here at so so time. Why the Bible was saying so that you can go and verify? The Bible, that's why the Bible did not say that Jesus was buried anywhere. So the Bible is written in such a way that God is expecting that people say, if you say that you want to find out if Jesus is true, you can. There is a man called, um, I've um, um, forgotten his name now. He's, he's, he's an Oxford lecturer. C.S. C.S. was also in Oxford. He said, he said, he said, I am a Christian because I, I, I am a scientist. He said, science actually brought me to Jesus. That is why it's interesting that you see most of the founding fathers of science, every one of them believed in Christ. So, as we begin to look at this statement, and you making a choice, because I mean, you, when we begin to examine, we see that you cannot have a vague position. Because what he's saying, if it's properly examined, would determine what, be, what becomes of you. So it's that you believe he's a liar, and you say, you know, it doesn't matter. And you still, at least you've made a choice. Does this make sense to us? So, you know, and every religion has a sentiment of Jesus, sorry, has a, an opinion about Jesus. You see, you see the, uh, let's go next time, you see, you, uh, you would see, you know, um, some people call him prophet, some people call him a good teacher, some people say he's a good man. Even some, you know, some people don't believe in Christ. I know that man was a, he was a good man. Now, why this is important? Because Jesus had to ask his disciples the same question. Who do you say I am? Because that was important. It was basically saying that, you know, they said, um, people are saying this about you. I think they said, no, you. Basically, what you're saying, you, you can't get away from it. 
you have to define who you think I am. And when you begin to see, let's go on please, sir, to Matthew. Matthew 16, from 15 to 20. He said, he said, but, he said, um, he said but what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? And, Matthew, um, and Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Um, uh, blessed are you, Simon, son of, jo son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. Let's read on, please. Now, until that statement was settled, Jesus could not introduce the church to people. If you don't understand that, anything you call Christianity is wrong. So the Bible says, I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Please, it is not on Peter. What was he talking about? On this answer that you have given me is what my church will stand on. So he said, he said, the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I said, I will give you the keys of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. At some time, we'll probably look more, or maybe might, somebody might visit us who might, who, might, who might go into more details around their evidence of, 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 of scripture. Because I think it's important, especially in the age that we're living in now. So you begin to see, let's let, 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 please if you go to verse from verse 20. The Bible says, uh, the Bible from verse 20, let's go to verse 20. From that time on, he began to explain to, to, to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and he must suffer many things in the hands of the elders and the, and the chief priests and teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day raised. Why did Jesus wait before he began to tell them about that? Because if they never understood who was going to the cross, they would have thought he was just any other person that walked to the cross and died. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. As we begin to look at this, I'm just going to just touch something briefly, not that we intend to go more into it. Is the is the is the is the is the, is the, is, is the issue around Trinity? When people, when the Bible talks about Trinity, and people say, "Do you have three gods?" and things like that, you know, how do you have? How do you, do, do you call Holy Spirit God, Jesus God, and God the Father, and things like that? We explain that in the Bible study, and you know, you know, the Bible says in the beginning God created heaven and earth and things like that. And when you go to, if you just go see the Amplified, because the Amplified will put it as God in bracket comma Elohim. And when you go to Bible Hub, when you see the interpretation of the Greek of the sorry of, of the Hebrew itself, it means plural. But you see that God created heaven and earth, and he saw that he was good. So the Bible is going through plural to singular, plural to singular. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, I'll just say this at that point. Is that when it comes to I don't know how best to put it. When it comes to the ident um, the person of God, 
that is his creation, you and I are limited to understanding him. Please, this, is, this does not include that um, um, I went to do something wrong. I said, oh, God, you see, this is the mystery of God. No, that's not what we're talking about. When it comes to, and I would like two major parts. One, when people ask the question, who created God? Well, I, I tried to explain that last week. Who, who created God? That is a wrong question. That is a wrong question. Because when you say who created God, you are saying when did he start? Why it's a wrong question is that you are saying when did he start? When you say when did he start, means there is something called time. What you are saying is that what time did he start? Now, for anything to be created in time, then God that creates time must come, go out of time to be able to create time. You cannot create time within time. Does this make sense to us? That is why, you know, that's why even science talks about eternity when you leave this world because you are, you are moved into the timeless soul. So in that area, there is no question of what time because there is no time. Does this make sense? So, God help us in Jesus' name. So when there are certain things about the, the formation, let's put it that way, of God, for lack of better English, that you may not be able. So when we talk about Trinity, and we say, no, how is there three in one? How can they, how can they, you know, how can you say this one is God, this one is God, this one is God? Because, because some people have tried their best to explain it. Some people talk about water, that you have uh, oxygen, um, uh, hydrogen. hydrogen, and things that you separate them. You can still separate them. With God, you can't separate them. They are one. You get, and the Bible also preaches and says to Israel, listen, your God is one. So, you know, so starting on that basis, I'm just using that as an example for you to know that let me just go to the uh, let's go, go on please. Now, why do you, what do you think about this? A woman married a, a, a dog. And this man, later they divorced, because I don't think it went well. He married his rice cooker. And that is him, that is the rice cooker putting on the veil. Why do you think this is wrong? Let us take spirituality as well. Why do you think this is wrong? Okay, what about what? <laughs> yes, ma'am, totally right, ma'am. Which is, which is right. I think that's what they love most. They're attached to... But do you know what would be... Why did he divorce the grass kind? Because got? Okay, yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> Or oh, he broke. 
thing, the problem here is that no matter how much this man tries to communicate his feeling to that rice cooker, he cannot understand because they are not on the same level. That does not mean the rice cooker is not real. That does not mean it's not real. The same thing with the woman and the dog. If she is having migraine from somebody causing issues at work or whatever it is, how does she want to explain it to a dog? The dog will try to understand, but you get to a point, you will just be backing. So also is God and horse. This does not negate that this dog does not exist. This does not negate that this woman does not exist. In fact, they can communicate at a level. But the problem is that she is at a higher level. She is out of his own zone. And even though they are communicating, he is limited in understanding her. So also, the other way. Why is it the other way? Because she did not create him. Or her. <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And we are from Nigeria, it is it. But because of uh, our, our, our English people, it is he or her. <laughs> Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. What I'm trying to bring to your understanding is that when people ignore and say, God doesn't exist, that thing does not make sense. Because there are, he is not created in the zone you are in. But that does not mean it doesn't exist. The fact that you don't understand something doesn't mean it's not true. And so, what I, why I'm trying to get you to understand this is so that, you know, when we talk about Trinity, and people bring all sorts of, um, I think the Bible is hiding something. The Bible clearly explains itself. The Bible clearly explains itself. So you basically, when you get to Romans chapter 11, then, then Paul was trying to, trying to explain to people. He said, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments? His paths are beyond tracing out. Who, who has known the mind of God? Or who has been his counsel? So, what we are trying to say for us is for you to understand that even out of there are certain things you see, there are certain things that, like for example, I don't know how, how the laws of gravity works. I might not be 100% aware of everything. But like, for example, you, if you can speak to a scientist, they will ask, you can ask the question, what is the definition of consciousness? It is difficult for you to get a scientist that will tell you that definition. Because no one knows. You know, and all I'm just saying is that, so as we begin to move closer to see who this Jesus is, 
and what he said, he, what, what he was talking about. I just wanted to quickly just touch based on that as we move on. Now, when one of there are books in the Bible, when John, this is why you see last week when, was, when people say that when somebody has first of all given their life to Christ, it is important that the first book you encourage them to read is the book of John. Because John, you can, they can read any book. But John was written because of a particular issue so that people can come to a perfect understanding of who Jesus is. Because that is where your Christian life starts. So we, you, when you begin to see, we, let's go to John. The Bible says that then Thomas, now this, John was narrating an issue. Then, then Thomas said, so then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see, and see my hand. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Then Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, that Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those. So Jesus is aware that some people would come that would not have the opportunity of seeing him in person, but they yet have to believe. So he said, blessed are those who, who have not seen me, but yet believe. Now, let's read on, please. Jesus performed many other signs um, signs in the presence of the disciples which are not recorded in this book. He said, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God and by believing you may have life in his name. So, when the book of John was written, it was collected in such a way not by the, because I can, you know, people say that there was the, um, the canon meeting that happened in, in Rome and all those kind of stuff for those who, who read all those sorts of things. And things that get, you know, this is not a place for that. But we're not talking about the canons. Canons was selection of books. Canons did not rewrite scripture. So what John is saying is that this book was written so that you may believe. So that is why when somebody says that somebody just gave his life to Christ, you, you give them the book of John to read. Because then they will understand who Jesus is. And they can come to their faith. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to, as we look closely, we will look closely into the scriptures together. And I want you to just, you know, this is just going to be um, a class where you just think a little bit further at the scriptures. See, a man came to Jesus. He was young. He was rich. He had obeyed the commandments. So, the man is rich. He's a good man. Yet, he could not follow Jesus. Why? Because, and this is this these are the questions you begin to see that who was Jesus actually talking about? Because when you see somebody who's good, who's a good person, who is rich, say, ah, their life is okay. 
But Jesus still said, there is still one thing for you. What was that one thing that people found it difficult to accept? Does this make sense to us? And you begin to see the struggle of the people of Israel. So, when Jesus, when Jesus will tell people, I am, when, 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 when he was saying it, and I will just, let's go to John chapter 8. Please, have, you can read this in any other scripture. I purposely, I purposely chose the Aramic Bible in plain English. Arabic is the language that Jesus spoke in his days. Jesus didn't, they didn't speak Hebrew. There was a, a dialect that they spoke. It's called Aramic. So I chose that for you so that you can see clearly what Jesus was talking about. The, the Bible says the Jews were saying to him, you are yet, you, 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 are, you are not yet 50 years old and you have, and, and you have, and you have seen Abraham. Please, when they say Yeshua, it's because it is written, it's an Aramic uh, translation. Jesus, well, Jesus said to them, timeless truth I speak to you before Abraham would exist. I am. That's what you read in other, all other translations. But what it means, I am the living God. Now, the Bible says they picked up stones immediately and they wanted to stone him. Why? Because how you are saying to us that you are God. Why were they angry about that? Was that when Moses was speaking, when God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, from verse 13 to 14, when Moses said, who shall I tell them sent me? He said, tell them I am that I am. So when Jesus walks up to people in Jerusalem and he says, I am, you will see that the next response, they will pick up stone. I want, I want to stone it. Why? They were saying, you, 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 something is wrong with you. That's why C.S. Lewis was right. Is this man, what is he saying? What he's saying? Is it true? If it's, it, it's not true, a lie, or is a lunatic? You can't get away from it. So, let's read another part of the scriptures. John chapter 10. The Bible says, and it says, Jesus said, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one has snatched them out of, out of my father's hand. I and I am, I and the father are one. The Bible says, again, the Jews, the Jewish opponent picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said, I've, I've shown you many good works from my father. Which one of these do you stone me for? He said, we are not stoning you for any good work. So, nobody was crucifying Jesus because he preached a maja. That was not the issue. The issue was that, but they replied, you, for you blaspheme because you men, man, are claiming to be God. That is the issue. At times people read it and people think, ah, you know, our Pharisee, eh, they don't, uh, um, um, we use our own 
general situation in life and say, ah, I like being in love, I this here. No, that was not what happened. <laughs> because what he's saying determines a lot of things. And you begin to see Jesus. See, there is, if you read through scripture, there was nobody that quoted what God said and gave his own opinion about it. Jesus said, you have been hearing, do not commit adultery, but I say to you, nobody dares say those things in Israel. But what you are saying is that I know that's what you have been hearing before, but I now, I am not telling you, this is going to be the rule. Let's read a couple of scriptures. Because I want you to begin to ask the question, who is this man? Who is this man? Because you cannot afford to just think and say, it doesn't matter. Because it does. If what he's saying is true, then what, what the, 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 the way he affects you matters. Let's go to verse... Um, Mark chapter 14 from verse 16, sorry, from verse 6 to 1. The Bible says, now this was where he was before Pilate, um, before the high priest. The Bible says that Jesus remained silent and he gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? What did he reply? I am. Now, that was not just a statement of, um, it's not only English. He said, I am. And Jesus said, you, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the mighty, of the mighty one, coming in the clouds, in the clouds of heaven. You would think that is just, okay, what does that mean? And the Bible says immediately, verse 63, the high priest tore his clothes and said, why do we need any more witness? He asked, you are blasphemed. Basically, you are equating yourself to God. The question is, what did Jesus say here that caused the high priest to tear his clothes? Now, please remember who Jesus was speaking to. He was speaking to the high priest. That means he expects the high priest to understand the law. So what was Jesus saying? Please, if you look at, just go script back a bit quickly, please. Look at the first thing he said, I am, we know what, he said, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the mighty, of, of, of the mighty one, coming on the clouds of heaven. Let's, read, let's go to Daniel. This is what Daniel said. The, the vision of Daniel. Many, many, many years ago. The Bible says that in, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. So when Jesus was talking to him, he was saying, go back to what Daniel wrote for you. 
So he said, he said, he approached the ancient of days and was laid and, and was laid down, laid down into his presence. He was given authority, glory. Jesus did not say all of this, but as soon as the high priest had that, he understood what he was saying. He said, glory and sovereign power, all nations and, and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion and it will not pass away. His kingdom is the one that will never be destroyed. When you read interpretations of the book of Daniel, that's image, you will see the description from the days of Daniel to you within that statue. A day will come when we will, have, we will go through it and I will explain to you. You will see it's not, it's not mystical. That was why when Daniel was talking about kingdoms that was passing, that's what Daniel was talking about. Some kingdoms came and they passed and things like that. So, now, when this man had this, his response was to tear his clothes. Basically saying, you will not blaspheme before me. Does this make sense? Amen. Amen. Who was this man? You begin to understand why the Pharisees were struggling with Jesus. Because this man was turning up, calling himself God. And you can read on, you know, when Jesus was talking about in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. When he said to people, I am the good shepherd, what came to their mind is Psalm 23, where the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. So they were like, ah. <laughs> That's why you see, whenever he says something like this, the next thing, they pick up stone. <laughs> why were they responding in that way? Because what he said determines a lot of things. Until today, the church is not, see, we're happy to talk about Jesus as a good man, as a man that is moral, a man that, is, that preaches love, that preaches this and that, but people had no problem with Jesus preaching those kind of things. What he was talking about, calling himself God, is what everybody had a problem about. Because what that means is that there is no other God anywhere. That's what it means. You know that in the, in the reason why the, the, um, Paul had issues with the Rome was because in Rome there were different gods they were worshipping. That's why you see Sunday, God of Sun, God of Moon, God of all those kind of things. So, but when you now come and you now see there is only one God. But your Christianity will never have an issue as long as you believe that everybody is, you know, is that your God or you are okay? Is that your God? You are okay. Is that your God? You are okay. But that is why 
Jesus told his disciples, he said, he didn't even say that they would beat you outside. He said, in the synagogues. Because what you are saying to them is that Jesus is God, and to them, that is blasphemy. God, help us in the name of Jesus Christ. You will see, you will see, just rushing because of our time, you know, you will see, go to Mark chapter 2, you will see again a situation where Jesus raised somebody, somebody was sick, and Jesus healed the person, and Jesus said that, go, your sins are forgiven. The response immediately was that, they didn't say, who gave me the power to heal? They said, what authority does this man have to say to a man, your sins are forgiven? Because nobody says that except your God. And Jesus responded to them. Let's just go to verse 8 because of our time. He said, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit what Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. He said to them, why are you thinking these things? Let's read on this. Which is easier. Okay, let's just go to verse 10. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus said, I did not just say it. I deliberately said it so that it would challenge you and you you ask yourself the question, who is this man? about what Jesus said before. It would, how do I put it now? It determines a lot about how you see Christianity. If you feel that Christianity is just one of those things, that was what Jesus said. He never said that. That was why people who were religious, people who believed in God stoned Jesus. Because what he was saying changed the course of history. All I'm just doing for you this morning, all we are doing together, is to actually examine what Jesus said versus what we think he said. So, let's just quickly, let's read John chapter, um, John chapter 3. We normally read this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him will not die but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18. But whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. We don't read this part. But this is scriptures. He said, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, 
So what the Bible is saying, what you are carrying, what I am carrying around, the Bible says, if you don't believe in this, you are condemned. It is, and see, if you don't, this is why you understand why they were beating the apostles. Because what they were talking about was offensive. And that is why you see C.S. Lewis come and say, he said, I, you know, he says, at times I don't think that Christians really understand what they are carrying. If they read what they are carrying, they will have to make a choice. All these, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, somebody said that, you know, they wanted to, God as, um, <laughs> a lady was saying that, you know, they, 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 she went to a church and they gave her revelation that God said she should go back to um, her ancestral, um, um, whatever it is, ancestral worship. So she's now the Yoshim of, um, of um, you know, things like that. She said it was about two or three churches that she went, and there was a confirmation to that effect. <laughs> if only they can read what Jesus said, in said. And this is why we say, you know, ah, more more See, that's why the Bible says. You should see in scripture, Bible. Bible says there is no prophecy that should not be tested. Not one. In fact, the Bible says that when it didn't say those who are still trying to see vision, the Bible says when prophets are speaking. One should sit and judge what that prophet is saying. So that means the hierarchy of prophetic gifts. The Bible is still saying no matter who they are, that prophecy is to judge. What we have caused ourselves to be now is that because as you rise up, nobody can question your vision, your prophecy. Because we are following, God will help us. But the Bible says that a prophet will sit down and the other one will judge. He didn't say judge the person. He said judge the prophecy. But ah, tell us of it. Ah, Baba, King, can Thomas survive? Fool! Then, man. And when Baba is talking and somebody says, ah, Daddy, what have you been offering? Oh, sorry. When did you start to when did you start to see? And we open ourselves up to, to error. Because we are not following the guidelines of scriptures. Judging your prophecy does not mean you are bad. That's why the Bible, New Testament never said you judge the prophet. It said you judge the prophecy. So when that woman got all those prophecies from three churches and she now decided to go and be worshipping uh, or she, 
Where does this put the word of Christ? Do you know why that prophecy was allowed? It was because they said, ah, see, everybody, you are all okay. That's not what scripture produces. You may not agree. It's okay. But this is what you are carrying about. So is it that you agree with what you are carrying? Or you don't? God help us in the name of Amen. Jesus Christ. Now, I will just bring it to a close by saying, why is it important that Jesus was who he said he is? One central thing is this. You were created in the image of God. We all fail. The only thing that can buy you back to the image of God is God himself. I cannot... If something, I broke something and it's 10 million pounds, no matter how many, God help me, but you know, as I know, if I walk 10 years, <laughs> it's not equivalent to that. So it is not my walking that matters. There is a price tag on that. So the issue works when Christ, when human being fell. That's why the Bible says that even the killing of animals could only cover their sin. It cannot wipe it away because the life of an animal, sorry to animal, <laughs> the life of an animal is below animal tree. Even in Afghanistan, when push comes to shove, government said, please leave animal, let us carry human being. They didn't leave human being and say, let's carry animal. Yes, you know. Idea is what is needed. <laughs> so, no matter how many animals you kill, it cannot wipe away that sin. No matter how many good things you do, because at the state of which you are doing that good thing, you are already below the standard. And the only thing that can wipe it away is the blood of God himself. So that was why Jesus had to come. The, you cannot buy, that is why it is important that this is people understand. That is why, that is why we read the scripture, let's just, no, let's just go, go to, you know, for Jesus, just the, um, the pictures of the outer Colossians, um, is that Jesus had to be God so that he could pay our debt. So he had to become God in human flesh. What was that? Adam. That's why the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. 
Because when he came, he came to stand in the place of the first Adam. And say, you know, the only person that can redeem Adam back is one that is created in the image of Adam. Or one that is greater than Adam. You cannot use anything below Adam. The book of Psalms says, you are created with glory and honor, and you have put everything under his feet. So how can we now use what is under his feet to buy Adam back? It is impossible. No wonder when we come to this point in Matthew chapter 26. When Jesus took the bread, the Bible says he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He did not say, take bread. He said, take my body. He said, and he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, drink it all. It is my blood, which is poured out for the for, for many uh, sorry poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus, the only thing that Jesus could give that would bring you to the points where you can begin to function like Adam did, that will bring you and me from the level of cause to the one that breaks beyond the level of cause because Adam at the first instance was operating without a cause. So when he broke the bread, he said, take, this is now my body given to you. It was after he gave them that that he began to walk to the cross because now they know what just happened on the cross. And that is why when we pray in the name of Jesus, God is confirming that this is the man. This is this man is God. That's what is happening. This man is God. And that is what is happening when, when we pray in the name of Jesus. And that is why, you know, if only if people can read the Bible, if only people can read the Bible. That's why the argument now is not about the, what was it in the Bible. The argument at times is, is that Bible true? Who wrote it? It is men. All these kind of things. But if you if you go to people who have studied evidence of Bible, even atheists who don't believe in the Bible, they will tell you that that book you are carrying is perfect. You know, a woman a woman met somebody and she said, yeah, a teacher met her. She said, said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. She said, I'm a Christian. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I think that woman said. I don't believe in Christianity. I'm not a Christian. Or I hope you have read that book that you're carrying to understand the import of what you are saying. So the problem I have is I see so many Christians who do not understand the implication of what they're carrying. That was why when Jesus told that man, follow me, 
man said, ah, no. I'd rather be good. <laughs> you just say, because how am I going to walk around and say you're good? <laughs> May God help us in the name of Jesus. I know, see, one of the things that this thing does is that it raises questions in the mind of people. You think again about what you believe about as a Christian. And you know how you want to pray for people who you know are yet to understand the truth. Some people are, you know, they're like that rich man. They love God, but it is just that step of clarity for them. And they are counting on Christians to not only talk to them, but to pray for them. That's why when you see those people, when they finally understand it, ah, they catch so much fire than you that was born in the church. Because they have finally found the link. Most people are at the hedge where they know there is something, something more. But their eyes, that's why Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Because Peter was a Jewish man. They prayed. They followed the laws of Moses. But for him to be able to take that step, he needed God. And that is why it is a responsibility of a Christian to pray for people. And you'll be shocked how much they know already, but it's just that little bit that they're trying, they're like Peter. They've, they've been looking for the Messiah. They know that this is right, but they, they, they are just at that point. It may look like they are stubborn. They are not. They, they, they're at that point. It's just God opening their eyes to be able to see. I would handle this way as we pray. Is Jesus a lunatic? Is he a liar? Or is he Lord? If you meet someone that says he's a lunatic, they have their reason for saying he's a lunatic. I just showed you. It is difficult. Some of will say, you know, if God really, why did he go to the Jews and go and put one Christ there? Said, if only you read the Bible, the Bible says salvation shall come from the Jews. It is not that salvation shall remain in the, with the Jews. The sun rises from one side. But yet, it covers the whole earth. Why don't you hide you that? Why is the sun coming from that side? Why does the sun not just come on everybody at the same time? That's not an argument. We are going to pray on the belief of what God is showing us as a church. The song we are singing is not on him. It's just simply the song, He is Lord. He is Lord, amen. He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, 
and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let us rise and bless. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.